0: hey everyone justin here with whitetail theories podcast on the mic A couple special guests today we have hunter farrier from spring legion we have our buddy grant fisher out of south carolina what is going on fellas
1: good morning i appreciate y'all having me home and glad to be back on
0: Yeah. And you know what? Even though it's summertime, a lot of people are probably like, man, it's July. These guys are talking turkeys. Well, when you're a turkey hunter, you kind of talk turkey all the time. Um, So it's one of those things where uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about conservation, kind of catch up with you since the last time we spoke. Um, I know you've been all over the place, crazy hunts. Uh, You know, I've been following you on your socials, and um, it's just been a crazy year for you all together. So, uh, we wanted to get you on here and just kind of see how your season went. Uh, Talk a little bit about that. And um, yeah, man, we'll just jump right into it there.
1: Absolutely, Will. I'm always down to talk turkey hunting, and I feel like it's a good fix for the withdrawals that we got to go through this time of year um just to get on talk to some like-minded folks about something that we like to do and enjoy doing and you know it's, it's no secret that it's on all of our minds this time of year regardless and whether it be I think the other day I was I was wondering if the transition had gone from reminiscing on this past year into you know kind of anticipation for next year yet but I don't I don't know. I'm still kind of replaying a few things and, you know, cussing myself a few mistakes I made and then just kind of reliving a few moments from last year, but it was a good one. It was definitely a different one. Um, one that, you know, was kind of filled with a bunch of curveballs and stuff like that. I we went, wound up going down to, um, Florida to kick things off. I think that was the latest I'd ever gotten to kick off a turkey season. Um, cause I would moved to Georgia right before the, the season rolled around from Mississippi. And we usually start around the 15th of March in Mississippi and it, it's later in Georgia, and I got pushed back later this year, apparently, um, for my first year here. And um, so wound up going down to Florida probably last week of March. I uh, got an Osceola down there with uh, the NWTF crew. Did a little turkey call film series down there on the Spring Legion brand and how it, uh, how it came about and stuff like that, which was really cool. And uh, got to enjoy camp with uh, some folks over at NWTF and Mossy Oak and stuff like that. And it was a good time, and came on back, and and even living in Georgia for the first time, I never really hunted around Georgia. So that was that was cool, just being here. And I and I, I get into talking about different types of easterns. I feel like there's Mississippi easterns, there's Georgia easterns, there's you know Virginia easterns. I feel like they all differ a little bit. They all, you know, they all have little quirks about them and stuff that I find pretty fascinating. But these Georgia birds, I think the the two I shot in Georgia this year were two of the biggest I'd ever seen in my whole life. So it, uh, it welcomed me well out here a little more East than I'm used to. And, uh, got to take a couple more, you know, little, little trips down there, down Alabama, uh, hunted with uh, the Hayes boys, Daniel and, uh, Daniel and Neil Hayes, at, uh, a place in Alabama and, uh, got one down there and, Let's see, where else? We wound up going to Mississippi. We got to hunt the last weekend in Mississippi. Um, I, I couldn't, you know, stand not being able to hunt in Mississippi at all. I thought I would be able to, but um, it took until the last weekend. Went down there with our buddy Seals, who helps out Spring Legion a lot, to host podcast with me a good bit. Met up with him and Chase, my brother, who does pretty much the same, and got on a bird that we had – I don't, there's a couple of birds in there that have given us fit over the past few years. It was actually where we first took Gary Stanton hunting, um, back in 2020 when he was kind of just get, getting back into it and got humbled by these birds. And wound up taking a few more folks back there, Lake and Jordan at a uh, Primo's and then me and Seals went countless times. And it's just, um, it's one of those, it, it would take me two days to explain how this, uh, the layout of this land works and how, uh, how stubborn these birds are down there. But we finally got one um last, probably April thirtieth or so. And um which was a big relief. It took until till about twelve thirty and non stop back and forth with this one. And it, to this day I still I'm like I'm wondering like how did this thing work? You know, we didn't do much different. Uh my little brother he had a wing bone call and I think that was the difference maker. He he had stopped responding and about everything else he probably heard it for fifteen mornings this season. Uh, the Seals being down there and then the Seasons before and both of us being down there and Chase had that wing bone call and he hadn't heard that yet so that was a nice uh, breath of fresh air for him I guess you'd say Um, that made a couple spontaneous trips I think I went out to um, Kansas uh, which wound up was not planned at all I was headed to Colorado and uh, parked the truck for uh, to sleep a few hours at a place that I'd hunted before in kansas a little piece of public and wound up waking up and told myself i shouldn't i stepped out to listen if i hear one i got i said my uh my license or permit i don't remember which one the annual in kansas but uh it it hadn't you know kind of reached that year mark yet i was like i can might as well buy buy a, a permit or whatever a tag on the way there and i'll i'll see if i hear one and uh Lo and behold, I did, and wound up and knowing it was going to take me a day and a half, two, dang near two days to kill that turkey. I probably wouldn't have um, stepped out of the truck, because that kind of killed that Colorado trip real quick, but I couldn't I couldn't leave knowing that he was there and having him school me left and right for two whole days. So that was a rewarding one. And then one more, I think, wound up going to uh, Michigan. Yeah. And I, that was supposed to be it. The Kansas was and then I got back and got to think and met my buddy Walker up in Michigan and um which was a whole new experience just how they do their tags and stuff so different and um it was, it was really cool to go up there because Michigan looked absolutely nothing like I thought Michigan would most states usually do look like I think they would but Michigan didn't it was it was a lot more uh, ag field type stuff than I thought I'd ever you know, I, I don't know what I picture Michigan like, but uh, it wasn't covered in snow and ice like I always thought it would be uh, in May, late May. So, um, I got on one pretty quick and a, a beautiful bird. And, you know, it's it cool getting back home after all of it and, you know, putting the fans up next to each other and how different they are. And, you know, the one in Mississippi's fan is half the size, I feel like, than the one in Michigan's and all that good stuff and different. Phases to each of them. Their essence is all, you know, a little different, a little more purple up north and a little more uh, chestnut red kind of looking over in Alabama and and compare all that and kind of relive all them stories. It's funny, you pick up a fan and tell exactly where it came from, tell the whole story, and there's nothing but, you know, God-given characteristics on that, you know, on the feathers that you can remember each one by for years yep
0: for sure man that's when you know you really really love it um you know i i know we kind of i know everyone says this about their states but you know it's hard for me to get away from it especially when i go up north hunting easterns. it's it's just these southern birds man it doesn't matter if it's an osceola or or an eastern or a hybrid or whatever these southern birds they really they really humble you quick and you know sometimes you'll succeed and you think you got it down and then the next season they they school you or like you said chasing a bird for two years it's it's, it's crazy how, you know, I, I don't know if maybe I just get super lucky because I know sometimes luck plays into it. When I go up, oh, most, yeah. I feel like I don't really try as much and it boosts my confidence. And then I come down here and I mean, I hunt Florida hard and I still I feel like every day is uh, every day I'm hunting, I'm like tooth and nail and you know uh roosting birds coming back and it's they coming down flying down the other way and i'm having to re readjust and and change it's just something about the south i i just think it's just because it's just so much um uh the predators are just non-stop here you know but I me, mean, i'm sure there's a lot of factors that contribute to it but it seems like a stick breaks it's done changed the pattern of a bird oh really yeah fast.
1: It's um, they're definitely a different breed. Um, that's kind of what you know. I know they're all easters, but they are different. You know, they're different uh, in their way of thinking too. I feel like I feel like the ones down here in the south are probably. Uh, you're not the first uh, safety click they've heard. Um, you know, you're not the first stick break that they've heard. Um, it's, they get pressured by humans a lot more, predators a lot more. There's a lot more. Uh, geographical barriers i feel like than there are up there the, the site game is so much different up north uh, even in georgia compared to mississippi woods uh which is you know both considered deep south but uh, uh mississippi hardwoods and georgia hardwoods to me are very different they're much more open in georgia um the areas are much lighter um are heard a lot farther and and so it's, uh, it's a little bit different. The ones in Mississippi, I feel like they've seen you you can hunt them on the third day of the season and you're the fourth person they've heard calling. so um one of those things they're uh they're not they' will educate you a little more than you educate them, but uh that's only because uh folks prior have educated them pretty good for them up good by the time you got to. Them.
0: Oh, for sure. Especially if you're, you're doing the old step out the truck at the, at the gate and yeah, and you start, you know, your typical, uh, you know, they pattern people just as much as we try to pattern them. So, so what Man, would you yeah. say of, of all those spots? So you, you sound like you went to a few, few awesome states, got to try out a new state, um, uh, especially living in a new state, you kind of get a different different vibe. I'm from Virginia originally, so when I first moved to Florida, I was like, oh, man, like what is going on? I was a pretty good hunter, I <laughs> thought, in Virginia, and I came down here and I literally had to go right back to kindergarten and start almost from scratch. About the only thing that I was able to use was be quiet uh, with any type of hunting. But um, yeah. what would you say of, of the states you hunted this year um, would have been your most memorable hunt?
1: The most memorable hunt, ooh, it that's probably going to be the – yeah, I, it's, it's, it's torn between the Mississippi and the Alabama. The one in Alabama was really cool. It was, you know, getting, get to hang out with the Toxie Hayes and stuff at the camp and, and and hang out with them a good bit and, and get to hear a bunch of the backstory on Mossy Oak, and, um, which I talked to him a little bit before. But, you know, really getting to shit camp with somebody is a, is a lot different. You get, you know, a lot more conversation and – um, it's just a, a comfortable way to, to learn more about, you know, a, a family that is obviously impacted outdoors substantially uh, for generations, and um, which I've known Daniel for a good while and Neil too. But getting to hunt with them, I never hunted with them, so that was a lot of fun. And uh, wound up getting to go to uh, what wound up being, I didn't know it. We we got on a kind of trail birds the whole day. I felt like it was, you know, kind of later season in Alabama, Mississippi when um it feels like you can walk 200 yards closer to a turkey and he's 200 yards further. And no matter how far you walk, that's how far he's getting from you. And if you, if you walk backwards, he comes to you. Um, but it's just the way the, the sound carries with those leaves and stuff and what's blocking it and where it's shooting it and stuff like that. And lo and behold, wind up going, I think they – they didn't say it, but I feel like they were just kind of – we were wrapping things up. It was about dang near 10 o'clock. And we were just kind of like – they were showing me around some of the places and was showing me a, a, one of Toxie's favorite spots. And we wound up getting – Uh, a couple of them to answer us, you know, within a, when they gobbled, you know, they were obviously answering. I think it was Neil calling, um, which was a a breath of fresh air right there. You know, we hadn't really heard anything close enough to to get our heart pumping quite yet, but, um, I wound up getting them in, they gobbled all the way in probably, I think I shot one about 20, probably, probably about 18 steps or so. So, you know, right there in our face and, you know, kind of one of Toxie's favorite spots. Um, and, and the way they manage their land, his favorite spot is probably the best looking boys I've ever seen. There, his probably least favorite spot is better than anything I've ever seen. The way they, you know, go year round, habitat, respiration, all kinds of stuff, and, and taking care of the land is, I mean, a second. And that's almost, I mean, you could have a whole school on that place. You could pick one acre and and learn more about, you know, when it comes to uh, habitat, you know, how it's supposed to look. This is the textbook pretty much. Right. Um, so that was really cool. Got the and, and they're doing a thing, um, with a, a new vest. I think the word's out on that enough, but they are doing like a cool limited edition vest. I ain't going to say too much about it, but, uh, it's, it's coming out. I don't know when it's coming out. Um, but, um, we got to hunt with it and, and it's going to be a, a cool little deal. So I'm looking forward to folks, uh, you know, kind of getting to see that firsthand. It's, I can vouch for it. It's, it's pretty slick. That's um, awesome. that, was, that was probably one of the more memorable
0: ones. Yeah, I'm sure getting with them is is an experience in itself. And, and I know exactly what you mean when you talk about getting to a property where you know you think you know what management is or you think you kind of have yeah. an idea. And then you go to somewhere like that that has pretty much written the book, if you will, or at least contributed to writing the book. And you see it. I, I went to a guy in Georgia, uh, Andy. Um very, very big into mature white tailed deer. He has like a system of what he takes and all this stuff. And I went there and literally we spent two days going through things. And I just, I had no clue, like, you know, this area could affect this area. And that's why this area is clear cut and this one's not. And I'm sitting here like, man, like, well, let me get the notebook out. Cause this is, this is stuff yeah. that you can't, you can't, you'd be Googling it for, for years trying to find all the stuff yeah. that they've experienced over 20, 30 years of managing a property, failing, succeeding, you know, they're, they're big into just taking what they have and maximizing it. Um, So it's, it's crazy, man. I mean, how they implement birds into an area, how they implement deer into an area. I mean, all the way down to raccoon trapping and I'm like, Oh man, this Mm -hmm. is a lot.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. No, it's definitely, there's so much more to it. And then even still, I think, I feel like I got the tip of an iceberg when it comes to you know explanations and the why to why they burn this and not this year and not this year and how they do a, you know they they figure it off and, and kind of uh uh mosaic i think is what david holly calls it create a mosaic kind of got a little bit of everything and not too much of one thing at any given point so uh they, they uh they walk the walk they don't just talk the talk over there they don't just you know preach conservation and, and habitat management and stuff like that they I've seen it firsthand. They they do a good job of it. They, if there's a book on it, they should write it. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of the transition to the conservation talk, what kind of concerns do you see facing the bird and um, what can people do about it? I think there's a whole hat full of concerns facing the bird, honestly. um, A lot of them I'm learning up on and... um. And to be honest, it probably hadn't been, but within the past, you know, handful of years that I've even honestly cared about anything that might be threatening the bird, uh, it's just a way of, you know, maturing as a turkey hunter as you get older and, you know, you have kids and stuff and thinking about the future and and it's becoming more known that um, population decline is a real thing. Um, it's been, you know, put into words and put into, you know, citable, I don't even know that a word, but. Things that are like uh, research-based data that the wild turkey population is going downward, and um, I think the hunter uh, turkey hunting numbers are going up. So that's—I mean—that's not not a great sign. Uh, I would love the turkey hunting numbers to go up. That's a great sign, but the the whole bird numbers going down ain't ain't a great sign. So um, I think there's a lot of things we we just got to pay mind to, and it's a whole big. I mean, it's a bag full of things we could dive off into, and they're all stuff that I'm still learning up on. And um, I think uh, some of the concerns more more than anything are are things we can't control versus things we can't control and, and um, figuring out why the numbers are going down. I think it's going to be real hard to fix one thing and think that we're going to see immediate impact think that's going to happen. Um, I don't know if we're going to see numbers shoot back up. I don't. I'm, I don't know how that works. I'm not going to lie. That um, you know, once stuff like uh, like the turkey starts dwindling down, if we, you know, we'll know when it's fixed or know what what fixed it. Um, I think I hate to say, but I feel like when they, if it, if it ever, you know, God forbid, I hope it don't, you know, if they go down really low, I think we will eventually know why. Um, I just think it's going to be too late. So uh, just being proactive is, is the main thing um, that, that all hunters can be doing and um, learning up on it. And I think uh, there's, there's so many different things things like, you know, predators and stuff, which is, is – I'm a big believer in correlation versus causation. I preach that all the time on whether it be business or uh, a lot in hunting and a lot in turkey hunting because there's a lot of correlation versus causation. And, you know, some of it's luck. That's correlation usually or bad luck, good luck, no matter how you want to spin it. And causation is, you know, cause and effect. If we keep doing this, this is going to keep happening. This, this is why this is happening. So I'm um, figuring those out, whether it be uh, you know, predation control. I think that's, you know, a, a dead coon does not eat turkey eggs. So there's no way getting around that, saying that trapping is bad um, on anything. I feel like, um, which I hear all kinds of theories about different things. And I think, it you know, trapping nest predators is vital because I, I have seen, you know, from a little bit of firsthand with it, I feel like it could be correlation, could be causation, but I hadn't seen poles in this area in a while. We we hit it hard around you know late February to mid March with the coon trapping, and next summer I saw poles the first time in four years ago. So I mean, could have been right place, right time, but I you know at the same time I felt felt like the trapping might have had a little bit to do with that, and and why you can follow that rabbit hole all the way down to the why is there are more coons everywhere now than it was years ago I don't know what the coon numbers are population you know trends but um you know when it comes to you know how forestry systems work and stuff like that the timber companies and everything um you know how they go about their ways you know is this do they not need to earn as much as they used to um to to access some of the hardwoods or some of the the lumber they're trying to get to um because the machinery has advanced so thus they don't need to you know open up areas which is creating coon habitat prime coon habitat which is um you know something to think on uh is this you know it's all proof traps you know if everybody has two or three you know traps four coons a year is, at that rate is that going to exceed the number of coons that are being born because of a you know industrial revolution in the timber business that is is causing you know more and more covered woods i doubt it so none of that's fact i don't know that's just my opinion on that um so it's just one of those things how how hard do we got to hit the the predation control and, and what time What how, how crucial is that um season dates is another thing you know all kinds of stuff that's being talked about right now and you know stuff that we'll have a little more data on i feel like in the future but at the same time you you gotta trust the folks that are in charge and i'll say that um but you got to be involved as much as possible. I think this time of year, cause I don't really, have, I don't have private land. I do you know, I own the, the, the acre my house sits on, that's about it. And, um, so it's kind of a little different for me. I don't have, you know, a, a place to go out and just, you know, manage and, and see firsthand, you know, cause and effect type stuff. Um, but I, but I got friends who do. So, uh, get to go out and check some stuff out with them and, and see how, uh, their turkey numbers go up, down and, and whatnot and hopefully i can hunt some of them and spend a few spring mornings out there and but um there's a lot of stuff that I, I tend to do this time of year more so than anything um since I have kind of gotten into a little bit of a conservation kick um still like I said learning on it and that's the main thing is just learning educating yourself and you know I've People know me as a turkey hunter, but I'm still educating myself on all kinds of stuff, and this is one of the more important things i got to educate myself on is being disciplined enough to read up on, to to learn what's happening around you, especially something that we love like turkeys, Um, something that I care a whole lot about. I want to make sure I'm doing my part, and then if nothing else, I mean, you know, if nothing else doing my part, but more so, you know, if somebody comes to me and wants to know, hey, what can I do on this piece of property, I want to at least have a a little bit of an answer or some, some guidance for them um but i've been you know keeping up with different legislation stuff and uh, there's a lot of stuff going on that i think i feel like the quickest way we're going to kind of get a handle on some of the concerns we're you know mentioned which is the main one is the decline in turkey population is um you know i I think there's going to be some changes rule-wise and i think um you know being involved in that is going to be beneficial just uh understanding why and and reaching out and doing surveys and stuff like that, is, which i think is so underrated you know filling out the surveys that you get that's um so, that's people don't think of that as conservation but that's conservation i right. think to the most part we we have all kinds of you know meetings and synopsis and stuff like that and um we had a little wild turkey summit down in mississippi there uh turkey guy adam butler had and we had all kinds of folks there, and we just sat down. We had Preston Pittman, Jimmy uh, Primos was there, Gus Strickland, uh, Ron Jolly, all, you know, all the way to the legislators, to the biologists, to everyday landowners, private landowners. Um, sat down and just wondered, you know, hey, there's a. If you hadn't heard, there's a lot of turkey going on. That wild uh, turkeys aren't in a good shape population wise. So we, you know, being proactive, got a bunch of folks who do a lot of turkey hunting that down and we kind of just talk and thought, you know, let our thoughts become words and, and let others hear it and then you have biologists there to say, well that that in theory that works, but that's not how it works, you know, in, in Mississippi. That's just, you know, that's a study from somewhere else or, you know, that's um you gotta take this into consideration. You know, stuff kinda of open your mind a little bit and then the legislators there to hear that all the stuff that um that, you know, the the common folk are uh Worried about, and that something that they might be a uh, be of aid to, and um, it was it was hard to kind of gauge a lot of it. I feel like there wasn't much data on it, so it's hard to get you know make the right decisions based off data if the data is insufficient. So making sure that folks are you know out there filling out the the surveys and reporting everything that they see and hear and all that good stuff is, I mean, I think I think that's very underrated on how much they actually use that to make big time decisions that affect our season dates, affect affects bag limits, uh, you know, all that good stuff. So not filling one out is just about as bad as filling it out incorrectly because it's, you know, it's going in the pot of zeros. So um, that's one thing I think is just, you know, better educating the whole community to, uh, that, hey, uh, we, we have a lot more say-so than I feel like we think. We just kind of float around like and, and do what all men tell us to do or, or, you know, just kind of abide by what, you know, when when, when our season's, you know, a week long, we're going to feel, you know, we're going we're gonna to be the first to get mad about it. But at the same time, I, I hope only the ones that uh, that, uh, that that filled out and participated in stuff are the ones that really have a right to get mad, I feel like. The, the other ones, you know, if you, if you didn't contribute to uh, their decision-making at all or, or talk to your representative or talk to your wildlife agencies and stuff and figure out what their plans are and, and, and see how you might help, um 'cause after that, and you'll be surprised that they say, "Oh yeah, you can help. We need to, we need to know this."
0: Oh, for sure. And um,
1: so uh, so so get in touch with them. I feel like is the, is the first step is is to reach out, communicate, and um, then after that, then you have your down to the the trapping and stuff like that. And then the, there's personal limits. I think is going to have to be set before the legislative stuff is able to be passed because there's all kinds of stuff they can have in mind. But it's going to take a while to put into play, you know, statewide or, you know, yeah. especially yeah. nationwide. I think everything's going to be at the state level, but there's a lot of stuff that folks are going to have to just, you know,
0: you know, it's just some kind of man true. up
1: and do themselves.
0: You know, yeah, and you're right. You know, it's, it's too, it's, it's just so situational. Like, you know, like down here in Florida, like I, we did a podcast with uh, Gary actually not too long ago, and I mentioned this, and he was like, I'm coming down there then. Uh We actually, where I'm at, uh, I'm a little bit north of Tampa, we have a really good turkey population. Um, I actually didn't even know that perspective you mentioned about the, the forestry service. I looked at, Um we kind of, like you mentioned, I mean, how many people do you know that You know, growing up, we heard it, but as an adult, I've never heard a friend say, Hey, I'm going coon hunting, you know, today, or Hey, I'm going out, I'm going to go predator trap and put about a dozen traps out. You know, I've personally, I I talked to a lot of hunters, and uh, I can't remember one conversation of someone saying that. Now, we've done it where we're like, Hey, let's all get together and, and do a little, you know, damage here. But, uh, I think that's what helped us. Our turkey populations are great here. We actually just got some private land and some permission at some local farms. Um, by contrary belief, Tampa, Florida, it's, it's actually a lot of, you know, it's the city surrounded by cow fields and orange groves. So as soon as you go five minutes out of the city, you're literally nothing but orange groves until you hit Ocala. Um, so we, uh, we started going hard on the raccoons, on the possums. When I'm out hunting, I mean, I'm I'm taking possums. I'm I literally have the, um, uh, with the coyotes, we kill a ton of coyotes. We've been killing bobcats, uh, otters, all kinds of stuff um, that has we thought affected the turkey population. Um, and then we also put a, a, a turkey food plot. So the hogs are kind of the issue with it now. So, you know, obviously that's a never ending struggle, but uh, we noticed a huge leap in our poults. Um We stopped, I mean, it literally was as small as uh, a part of the land. We don't mow, we keep it tall and that helped. Um, so it's so situational with mm-hmm. each thing. So like you mentioned, my, my point I was getting to is like, where you mentioned about getting with groups of people Turning your thoughts into words, that's how you do it. But if, if you guys are all doing it in Georgia and we're not doing it in Florida, yeah, our population is doing great right now, but that's something that has to be maintained. It's not something where, oh, we're doing great now. Let's kill it. I mean, they just upped our limit to four. Now you can do two in the fall, two in the spring. It was only two. Um, And I mean, I physically see it. I I bring people down here. They hunt with me. We hunt public land. We have private land, but we mainly do that for conservation. We'll take like, you know, Chrissy's dad out or or a kid. We got a 12 year old kid. We put on a bird, Um, things like that, where they can sit in the blind and be comfortable and stuff. Um, But when we come down, we hit the, we hit the, we hit the swamp, man. I'm like, let's go. You know, we're going to get in there. We're not using any lights. We're going to canoe in um but anyways i'm going down a rabbit hole with that but yeah if people more people could you know even get together because like you said it's it's literally something as small as mowing the grass a certain way or mowing the field a certain way yeah no
1: absolutely just um like you said just making sure there's a you know an area of, of cover next to uh where's a, where a mowed strip or something that's i mean you can say probably just as many poles by doing that as you could for you know going out and, and setting a bunch of traps in July that's going to, you know, kill a coon that's going to be replaced before the nesting season. You know, there's all kinds of stuff. There's, right. I mean, there's not. There's definitely more than one way to skin a cat. And um, I think, you know, with the predation stuff, it, it, it's very important to hit it right timing um, to hit, you know, to just go all out, you know, as many as you can get your hands on. For sure. Uh, dog proof, just, just getting them out of, uh, some hotspot locations here right you know towards the right before hens will start uh, nesting um i think that that is the most efficient way to do it and um because i mean there, there's no cost associated with mean, it's like some dog food and marshmallows and stuff like that i mean you're not
0: <laughs> saving a ton food. of money by yeah <laughs> i right.
1: by say by, you know just only doing it during before the nesting season i'm talking time-wise and um but absolutely and, and you know it it and it, it doesn't matter that much if you do it and your neighbor doesn't and all, and all you do is just move the coons over there. And then they, you know, then they come over whenever, you know, it's dark, you know, once the, the nests are there. So it's it's kind of one of those things like everybody's going to to be involved. And I want to say, you know, kind of at the beginning, I was talking about the turkey hunting numbers going up, the turkey hunter, the people, the numbers, you know, that's going up. I think a lot of that has to do with the 2020, um, which is great. I mean, that's yeah. kind of what you want as a community. You want, you know, as bad as the pandemic was, you know, in a, you know, a worldwide virus, but if, you know, we got more turkey hunters, we got more people involved, people that are going to care about it that otherwise wouldn't have this great. Yeah, um, sure. So we got an opportunity there to make sure that they're learning everything, not just the whole killing part. So making sure that they're able to, you know, kind of going into the, the, the same mindset as we have on, this is a very private resource. Now I don't want you to underappreciate this. This is something that has kind of been wiped out before and, you know, it was before, you know, really my time. I don't remember it. Obviously, it was a long time ago, and I don't, I don't even remember really the heydays that they talk about when they, you know, in the 90s and stuff, um, where there's just turkeys everywhere. I feel like, and um, I was just a kid then, and you know, I didn't. Luckily, I didn't take it for granted. I was too young to do that, I guess. But, um, but just hearing the stories about how the populations used to be compared now, that you know, it's it, it a big difference. It sounds like, you know, making sure all this, these new folks coming in is kind of you know aware that it is a private resource and there's ways to help and then it's not like a, a burden you know it's, it's more of a responsibility but it's, you know it's pretty fun stuff it's like planting food plots it's fun for deer hunting you plant them for turkeys and making sure that you're doing everything you can to maximize your land um doing stuff on uh public land and stuff and then even like here in georgia they just passed a, a bill that or the law i don't know how the verbiage works and all that you know, political stuff but um Made it year round trapping legal. You know, I didn't know that wasn't. Really? Luckily, I didn't come out here and just go set a bunch of traps and shooting goons when it was illegal. Um, but because um, I think it was during the actual season of it when I got here, but I didn't know there was a season until all of a sudden I saw Bill like, hey, y'all need to go, you know, sign a petition, you know, reach out to so and so at your local district, something, you know, which uh, wound up I got in touch with uh, my wife. She's from here uh, around Calvin, Georgia. And, she knew some folks that would have to say so and I actually did know about it and everything. I got to get in touch with them and told them about it. And I was like, y- y- y'all need to really do this. I know there's probably only else, you know, list of big things to worry about today, but this is a big thing to worry about for a lot of folks around here. They might not know it, but, you know, they need to be able to not have too much uh, permission to have to go help the wild turkey population. Yeah. That and you know, there's all kinds of other legal stuff going on right now um between uh. And the return act speaking to georgia uh that's kind of the, the the hot topic right now which you is know, pretty worthy of it
0: yeah i mean if you don't mind that was actually a question that we kind of wanted to ask next i know you've we've kind of been touching on this a little bit here but um is there anything like i guess let me word this correctly um, you know, we want to raise awareness for like laws that are being passed, the good, the bad, that trap and laws, et cetera. What, what is currently kind of, you know, that you've seen come across that people should be aware of, at least in your, in, in your area that you're at now?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot more than I thought, I mean, say a year ago, that uh, there's a lot more stuff going on that um, thanks to a couple other like organizations that I can, that I even know about right now. Um, you know, folks like uh, you need to go, Follow you know certain accounts to keep you updated. Uh, as Annoying as you would think they would be. Sign up for some email list that kind of lets you know. Hey, there's some stuff going on the, on the legislative side that you probably need to look at if you're an outdoorsman because uh, they're about to you know they're trying to pass something that's going to you know take away opportunity that's going to strip funds from this you know stuff like that and or like a they're trying to create an opportunity. We need your support for it. Say the you know the year-round trapping kind of stuff uh you don't have to have necessarily permission to, to go trap a coon if you want to help your t- turkey population but kind of that last one i mentioned which i'm still learning up on so y'all don't you know quote me on everything it's kind of a summary and oh yeah the only reason i know about it is for is for folks you know organizations like the half of Org is a great one yeah. if you don't you need to keep up with that that's i follow that's them yeah we, job, we share a lot quote, of their unquote. post
0: man he he does it and he puts it in a way that I guess I like things that people everyone can understand and the way he gets yeah. his stuff out we we share he he hits us up every time he's got something to share because that I mean he is on it man he knows everything that's going on and and it it it's almost kind of scary you know with the stuff you'll see sometimes and you're like oh my gosh yeah. I didn't even know that that was hidden inside this bill you know and this
1: like I mean I don't think people realize how big of an asset somebody like that is to a whole nation of you know outdoorsmen and- so I mean, like that's a a, a big deal what he's doing. Um, it's kind of making it, you know, easy to learn, which is the number one tool anybody can have in the tool belt is knowledge. I feel like in, in any aspect. So being able to learn up on something in you know, common human words is a big deal, and um, it's gener. I mean, it's it's for the folks like me and you and everybody else probably listening to this, the folks who hunt. That um, I would have never known about this if it weren't for him, and I live in Georgia. And I think the guy's from like North Georgia, which is where I live. And I, you know, I would have never heard about this if it weren't for folks like that. And, um, but pretty much that, that, uh, return act is something in, you know, some country, Boys of Mississippi, where it, it's taken away the, the funds from the taxes right. of, uh, like certain guns and ammunition and archery, you know, accessories and stuff like that. Um, I'm not going to get too detailed because I wind up missing a word or saying the wrong word or something, but pretty much reallocating those or, you know, taking away a tax and then replacing it with funds uh, that are already being used it in all, the whole, a whole lot of conservation stuff. So yeah, I've seen uh, a lot of that. I mean, yeah. It's, I it's, re, it's kind of appealing to, yeah, yeah it'd be uh, – all- Neil no, no. the Pittman-Robertson Act. Yep, that's it. If you're it. familiar yeah. with that, which is also called the Wildlife Restoration Act. So, I mean, that kind of tells you what that was in place for. And um, I don't know if it's a political stunt. You know, I, I know I've seen that he does own gun stores. He would love nothing more than there not to be gun- taxes on guns, I'm sure. Um, he's a Republican. So, I mean, it's kind of like one of those things, like, I can see why he, he would do something like that politically. You know, I don't know the guy. I'm don't. I'm not seeing people up politics at all yeah um but maybe we need to start because this is one of those things you can go on there on how health wildlife.org learn pretty much all you need to know and we actually at spring com just created a conservation portal that's something you know that's kind of with me not owning land with me not having a you know big impact that i can go just put my hands in dirt and you know do all this stuff which i can i'm not saying that like you have to only have private land to do stuff like that you can there's all kinds of opportunity out there just haven't been able to yet. Um, but I feel like, you know, kind of how is your time best utilized? How is your dollar best spent? I feel like a lot of my dollars are best spent with organizations like, you know, National water Federation, Search uh, for Tomorrow, stuff like that. Um, and, then, and then the smaller ones, too, and donations and stuff like that. And, um, you know, if my time is, is creating something on a deck on a computer that makes it easier for other folks to find this uh type of knowledge and join other, you know, different types of memberships and stuff like that, that contribute to conservation. Then, you know, I need to spend it on that before I go out here and do, uh, you know, operation Z, um, something like that. But, um, but we, but we've got a whole conservation portal now on the uh, portal on dot where you pretty much click it on the drop down menu and it takes you to a few different things. And we're going to try to keep updating that like a hot topic thing. A lot of it's just relinking you back to how for wildlife or backcountry. country uh, whatever it is that that you know kind of keeps up with the, the wma type stuff like this is up for sale this is you know being this is a threat that we need to keep our eye on they're trying to make this private you know they're trying to sell this land uh or take away hunting on this for the sake of something you know completely not needed um so that's another one you know just different links like that they can you can keep you know turkey hunters and really any other hunters kind of informed on um kind of what's going on around them, whether I think a lot of it they hope they don't know. So it is just the stuff you really want to know. Yeah, for sure. And kind of going to something, you know, when we first started that question, talking about the mature process of a hunter, or turkey hunter in general, I think. I think it was Dave Owens I heard it on the podcast. We was talking yep. about going from just the killing phase to where you realize, hey, it ain't all about the killing. Let's enjoy the hunt more than that. It's just maybe getting people through that process quicker so they ain't all about just kill, kill, kill. Help. Yeah it's one of the things i feel like everybody goes through it everybody and you know, they, they, yeah you, you you kill like three turkeys you, you kill a fourth the next year the first you know kind of opening weekend the next year yeah i mean you own it you you are the turkey you can't tell that person nothing they've got it figured out they don't need nothing they don't and they, they just haven't humbled enough yet and it's coming but um but at the same time, th- th- then that's when the desperation I feel like gets in. Like you're you're on a roll, and all of a sudden, you know, you got the reputation you got to uphold that you and maybe your mom really care about. Um, but that's about it. Not nearly as much as uh, folks think I feel like, or at least I don't think. Whenever I thought I was, you know, the best turkey hunter in the world back when I was probably, you know, seventeen to nineteen, I don't think anybody cared but me. But um, but looking back, I feel like I like to think that they did. Um. You know, you just want to kill him any way you you can. That's reiterating what you're talking about with Dave. We had him on the podcast one time, and right before the season, and he, he hit on that mature process, and you know, put that into a very applicable sense of you know something that I feel everybody goes through. If, you, if you're a novice to it, you're going to hit this killing phase. I feel like he's talking about. Um, I'm not speaking for him, I'm just kind of paraphrasing how I perceive you know kind of what he was saying, and, and I think it's very very accurate that um that the, the quicker they can, what do you say? The, the quicker they can get through it, the better, yep. you know, that's the folks out here that, you know, they'll buy anything. that will that'll make turkey hunting easier, make them kill them quicker and better and faster. They can go kill more. And, you know, they're, they're kind of just wanting to take a bunch of pictures because they, they're a turkey hunter and that's what they do. And they haven't realized that that's not really what a lot of turkey hunters do. A lot of turkey hunters will, you know, bust it, you know, making sure that there's turkeys there to be hunted just as much as any. And, um, and appreciate the hunt a lot more and, and the experience starts outweighing the, furs and the beard length and you know then then the who you hunt with starts out weighing where you hunt and how you, you know all this good stuff and how, how big the turkey is becomes the least thing you think about and the number of turkeys you kill a year becomes the least thing you think about and how many times that you get to hunt becomes the more you know the biggest concern or you know the look up and you hadn't taken a gun in two weeks but you don't realize it um whereas you you wanted to kill a turkey if you didn't kill a turkey two days in a row you're what's wrong what's going on you know you're scratching your head so um, getting through those phases and i like, we kind of just looking back to those new hunters that we're getting that surplus of hunters that, yeah, we're getting a bunch of license sales from them, which is great. But if they're out there, you know, you know, buying whatever means needed to kill as many turkeys as possible, might not be a good thing if they, they don't appreciate the the humblings and stuff that we, you know, we talk about a lot um, and making sure that um, if they hang around, they'll get to that killing phase and everybody will, you know, it's a great thing. If they, if they get to that killing phase, get bored, and uh, and leave, you know, that's not a great thing. They just kind of wiped out the whole population and went back to, you know, playing tennis or golf or whatever they did before the pandemic. So um, keeping them hanging around and appreciating it um, as, as much as a lot of the long-time turkey hunters, you know, kind of the, seeing it through their perspective of the spring woods in a hole and how valuable this, uh, this resource really is. I think it's going to be huge.
0: we we definitely definitely all go through it i mean if you've hunted enough and you've hunted long enough i I always call it the drop in body stages just like with deer it's You go through that stage where you're just blood drunk and, you know, that confidence builds up and you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm the best hunter. I mean, I was when I was a teenager, man, running through the Blue Ridge Mountains, I I was skipping school. I was hunting. I just thought I was mountain man, Jeremiah Johnson over here. I literally. Oh, yeah. I was just everything I did. It was, you know, and then I got older and I actually stepped back recently, even though I run a hunting online social club, I actually stepped back and stopped posting my personal uh, kills because I felt like when I was in the woods, I was like, I, it, it's hard to explain, uh, especially you know when your job, you know, ninety percent of your job is kind of showcasing this kind of stuff. But I had to step back and stop posting my kills because I felt like when I was out there, I was more worried about getting it to show that I was, I guess, relevant or. Um, you know, I'm kind of opening up here, but you know, like I was relevant or, Hey, since you're running a a club with almost a thousand members, you need to make sure that you're, you're doing, you know, doing what you say. And I kind of had to step back because I was out in the field and I felt like that was kind of taking the front seat. And I'm like, this isn't how I was raised for one. Um, You know, my grandpa would slap me upside the head. If he seen me not throwing a bird on ice within the first 30 minutes of killing it. You know, he'd be like, what are you doing, man? Like get that bird on ice. Um, You know, so you could take your pictures later. Uh, But I, uh, I stepped back this year and I tell you what, I started focusing more on conservation. Um, I started talking to local farmers and saying, Hey, you know, I'd be more than happy to trade sweat, sweat equity, but I'd love to kind of help out your, your populations here. And you know, whether you let me put a little mini plot in, or if I can do some predator hunting or, or something. And, and that's kind of what yep. I did because that's, that's what I could contribute. That's something i I'm good with talking to people. Uh, I'm an honest person. Uh, I'm as ethical as I can be. So I was like, well, I'm going to use that, uh, to my advantage. And it worked. I got permission at a lot of farms that haven't been hunted in a while. And, um, instead of just going on them and, and just destroying the birds. Cause I easily could have all the farmers will, like kill every one of them. Um, you know, they're old school that a lot of them don't understand, um, you know, the balance of things, but, I mean, that's, anyone can do it, you know, that's that's my point, anyone can do it, we all go through that stage, but when you kind of realize, you know, hey, I, I, I can take birds, it's fine to take birds, but I also have to give back something.
1: Right, and then, that's kind of like you said, a lot of folks, that, they, that if they're not a turkey, they don't care, you know, so it is good, you know, kind of trading that sweat equity, like you said, I think I'm, I'm thinking of a, a place, the one place I do have in Georgia that I can hunt, um, ain't much I could do there, but there's a some places next to it that i've been you know kind of trying to you know, get in touch with somebody there that i think could use a little bit of habitat work you know something that i, I think is an older fella and i don't see him out there that much and and honestly coming down to it that the, the turkey that would be on there i could have permission to hunt you know on some, some land next to it so i don't think you know it wouldn't be necessarily for gaining that access but um but, I mean, it, the more turkey hunters that are on the place that weren't turkey hunters on before, especially if they'll give you the go-ahead-to-turkey hunt, plus do a little habitat, like you said, management and you um, know predation management and stuff like that, I think that's the, the best thing that could happen. You're, you're introducing the, the good and the bad, and not just the bad. Yeah. You Which, I to mean, to... I want to say like, turkey, killing turkey is bad. Exactly. I'm just saying, you know, the, you don't want they're just... getting the best of both worlds that wouldn't be there.
0: Exactly. You just don't want to, when you start turning it into that, I mean, you you especially, I'm sure understand. You know, especially with Spring Legion, when you, you it's just that that invisible pressure that's on your back, and and when you finally say, yeah. "Hey, like I I'm doing it," for one, we're doing it to ourselves. So you're like, "Wait, I'm doing this to myself." I and like you said, you know, you you would hope someone cares, but at the end of the day, like m- most people don't. So you're like, "I'm doing this to myself," so I have to be able to, you know, hunting is about way more than killing and. You know, when you're out there, I want to enjoy myself. I, you know, I was like, I can't be out here stressed out if I'm going to get a bird. I'm going to, I'm going right. to, you know, try to learn his quirks, try to learn what's going on. If I fail, I fail. And, you know, I can slap my knee and and be like, dang, that stinks. But, you know, I got to go back at it. And that's, you know, that's what makes you better. And I, I, going back to something you said, I, I kind of feel bad for saying it, but uh, you mentioned like a lot of hunters getting into it. And, and I noticed that at a I hunt a WMA that's close to my house. And I mean, it's, we call it lawless WMA because there's just no rules and regulations yeah. there. It's a free for all. But there's a big turkey population there. and You know why? They run dogs during – uh, deer season and at yeah. first everyone used to say you know growing up i'd always hear oh them dog runners or you'd hear something about dog runners well that dog run wma has the best turkey population of any other wma and i'm sitting yeah. there like well that's weird because you know it's a free-for-all it's lawless well the dogs are running everything out of it the turkeys are going i mean in florida the turkeys will go up in the during the day <laughs> i've seen it um, yep. you know so they'll go up in the roost wait for the dogs to run by and then they'll just get right back down um, you know, so it's, it's, it, I just, everything you, you wouldn't think, you can't have any stigmas or stereotypes. You kind of got to just, you know, look with what's going on with your place, uh, realize why you're out there, enjoy yourself, have a good time. I have a lot better time now taking others in and showing other people things now than I think being behind the trigger half the time. Um, I still love my solitude, but you know, taking my girlfriend out or taking a friend out that's never hunted. I took a local police officer out this year. Um, you know, it was it was things where I'm just like, you know, it, next thing you know, he's out. He's like, man, I got to get this. I was like, well, man, just take the shotgun for now. Get you a call, practice, you know, learn these things. Um, but what I wanted to say was about the new turkey hunters. It's great with the licenses and stuff, but I almost feel like these birds, especially here, they get smarter when they see that new person get out of the truck with a box call, hit it at the truck, oh, yeah. walk three steps, hit it again, walk three steps. And I'm like, it, it almost makes it where you're like you're you're turning it into like a, a a soldier turkey, you know, they're sitting here, they're getting so educated oh, yeah. and it kinda makes it more of a challenge for us. But as I get older I kinda enjoy the challenges a little bit more than just going out sitting in the blind and uh, if meat prices got even more crazier, maybe I'd, I'd want to do something like that. But at this point, I, I love the, the thrill of the chase too. You know, I had a season oh, this yeah. year, I missed my biggest bird. And I tell you what, I was up for three days after that. I told Grant about this. I was up for three days after that, wondering what happened since I'm such a good shot. And <laughs> I tell you what, that's what it was, man. I, I started worrying about, wow, this is my biggest bird. I can't wait to show everyone. And probably the you can't I wait to, Ola. you know. And he was gray. Yep. I've never That's, seen a gray turkey. So, uh, oh really? Yeah, he was he was solid gray. We call him Old o- Gray. I actually missed him. Don't know how. Missed him so bad that when he flew, my father in law was with me. He said shoot him again, and I was so stunned I missed him. I didn't even pick the shotgun up. I just let him fly off. Yeah. And we call him Old Gray. He was a gray bird. My my jaw was on the ground. I missed him at forty yards. What happened was I just didn't follow through at the shot. He was walking. I should have waited. I had plenty of time. And I just, I just got excited. And I tell you what, after I figured out what it was, I we had it on video, so I was able to look back and be like, okay, what was I doing? And I just, I was way too excited, which is great. But I, I missed them, and I'm just very thankful he's still alive. I saw him on camera, um, but he's an old one, man. It, it'll be a full body mount if I get him for sure. I'll, I'll definitely full hey, body. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not a big mount type but person, but.
1: That's what makes them fun, though, is those you can establish a relationship with, and 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 you know you, especially one with a characteristic like that, and you can, that that's the same bird, you know. I've had encounters with him. You see, we we've, we've seen eye to eye before, and, and now you know it'll 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 happen. And if it don't, you know, you'll the stories will live on forever. I oh, feel yeah. like, but that's what you know, kind of makes turkey hunt so special.
0: Got to experience it, and that's that's all I can ask for, because you know what, some people go out and they don't see a bird, so. To to, yeah. to have that chance and to see something that you don't see every day. Um, and I got to be with my father in law. You know, he he's older, he's on oxygen, he don't get to get out much. So he was tickled pink to see birds come in and, and us call hens in and 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 then be feeding in the field. And I mean he loved it. Um, he actually sixty three and I got him on two birds this year. It was his first turkeys his whole life. He's just an old school deer camp guy. Go sit in a stand, everyone sits in the same spot. Go back at lunch, eat kind of thing, and he loved it. Now he's he's like, let's put a plot here, let's do this, let's go. You know, he'll call me every day and be like, you want to go coon hunting, and it's, he's all about it.
1: But, yeah, um, that's what you want, though. I mean, that's that's kind of the the whole point in all of it. I feel like at the end of the day is know, when to reintroduce folks or introduce new, you know, younger folks, and it doesn't have to be, um, you know, limited to the younger crowd or, you know it can it can literally be anybody that has never been and a lot of people you know have been hunting they've never been turkey hunter they they went one time and you know they went out when it was, it was very much pressure you know 29 and the, yeah. the front's on the way and as Wendy's all get out there and hear nothing but they don't know why they must not be turkeys there well that's, I mean they probably weren't gobbling anywhere around there that day so I mean let me you know come come here on this day and, and you'll get to hear some stuff you know
0: yeah for sure it, it's great man it's Oh uh, yeah, man, I'm ready for season already. We're we're going down memory lane too hard. So um, we're we're touching on almost an hour here, Hunter. Um, I just wanted to uh, ask a couple more questions here. Um, but kind of transitioning a little bit to uh the brand. Um, you know, can you talk about what keeping up with your brand right now year round? Um, and the support you've received. Um, you know how how do you I guess can you like kind of just touch on that a little bit? Because I mean, I've seen Spring Legion grow. I mean, I, I watched uh, a concert with uh, Gary not too long ago. He's rocking a Spring Legion hat. I know you guys are friends, but um, you know, seeing it grow, t- tell us a little bit about that. Uh, you know, how is it keeping up with the with the brand? Man, it's
1: oh, it's a process keeping it. You know, on, you know, we're working on also, and there's a lot more than I thought. Um, it's I mean, it's. I promise more than people think because this, I mean, there's several 20 hour days that nobody knows about that, you know, I don't get away from this desk or I'm, I am do not you know, stop folding shirts or boxing boxes or whatever else done, grant. You know, we just had a big day on those green leaf hats release. And, you know, I still have blisters from the deck am tape gun from, you know, earlier last week, you know, going through all these boxes and coordinating everything. And, you know, it's a, it's a very small Business run that's growing into a, a much larger one so at the same time you know a lot of it i'm i'm our accountant i'm our lawyer i am you know everything i'm the shipping guy i'm the <laughs> purchaser the everything um but i do have a lot of help and that that's the only reason that it is growing at the pace it is you know, I have, you know seals helps out a lot and buddy i probably heard him on our podcast and my brother chase helps out a lot and then my youngest brother breck he took a lot of and takes pictures and does some media stuff and then we just have good friends and outdoors you know and i don't want to say industry because when i think of the industry I, I don't think of these folks i think of them as a you few know, more friends um that, that help out with the media stuff and good connections with um uh, you know conservation agencies and, and organizations like nwtf and you know there's stuff always going on like they're not, you know probably the next three hours we're going to hop on a podcast uh with the uh, national ball turkey federation we're going to learn about what they're doing and you know, stuff like that, just keeping it revolving. And the, the way it's growing is, is awesome, obviously. Um, it, it, it's probably as big or bigger than I thought it probably would ever grow. I didn't quite realize the, the like-mindedness between so many turkey hunters across the nation was much more than I thought when I originally started. I wanted to start something that just really celebrated turkey hunting and the difference between turkey hunters and other hunters. So um, the fact that other folks, you know, enjoy turkey hunting nearly as much um, and some if not more than i you know i do or when, the way i see turkey hunting they they agree that's all you know that's the main thing is is that, that they get it and they they want to make sure that turkey is there to be hunted for years to come and that um that they appreciate everything about the spring woods uh the, the good the bad and the ugly so um it, it's something that i think we're, we're celebrating and i feel like a lot of other folks have as well and We've got a lot of projects that are coming out in spring that we're already working on. We're racking our brains on at two 30 in the morning, you know, dealing with manufacturing stuff and, and all kinds of new things and, and planning stuff. And it's just going to be a, a good year. It's, it's growing now. I think it's, it's got its feet at least, um, you know, all the way down to trade shows, you know, stuff that it's, it seems small, but so much work goes into it. We actually, I was telling Grant, we, um, we've got two trade shows on the same day and we're oh. kind of new to the trade show realm. So now I'm trying to figure out that who am I going to work this booth in this state and how am i going to get all this stuff to this state and, you know, all that good fun stuff. And yeah, uh, yeah. we've got a couple of collaborative efforts that are going to go towards conservation and stuff that folks will be able to see probably nationwide, at, you know, local stores. is uh going to be pretty cool that we're, we're working on now that we'll be kind of announcing in the, not too near future but you know probably between now and the, the coming of the year so all that good stuff so so it's a bunch kind of keeping up with what the folks like and that's been the the biggest help is is the folks who respond to all kinds of stuff i, I try to make sure we don't have unread message in our dm inbox on you know social media because i do listen to a lot of the followers, that they build it a lot more than I do. I feel like on stuff that they like and stuff that they want to hear and you know, content that they think would be beneficial to the whole community. So we take a uh, take it and run with it. And some stuff works out, some don't. But you know, a lot of a lot of times, it's you know, it's it's, it's needed. It, 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 it they'll run with it. So um, I try to stay in my lane. If it's not needed, you know, let you know, I don't, I don't I don't I don't need to make it. I don't need to produce it. I don't need to uh, put that out there if it's if it's already there. So it's kind of working. As a collective effort with everybody in the industry, there's you know, a handful of them. So, making sure that as a whole, we're progressing the the, turkey the community forward. That's the main goal, I think for everybody.
0: Well, I love that. Yeah, can not go off that? No, you're good, man. I was just I was just saying that. I, I, that's just great seeing a brand do more than just be a brand. You know, they they actually do something towards conservation, but.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say, it's good to see a string legion. as you see so much negativity amongst hunters and turkey hunters too, in general. It seems like your brand comes together, and you don't ever see any negativity. It does more of uniting hunters, and um, I guess bringing down the negativity and seeing people come together more for the good of the turkey. Right? Yeah, and that's. A, I mean, that's a lot of the kind of the, the it was an ill, you know, kind of paradigm towards turkey hunters whenever spring leaders start. I think a lot of folks were looking at them like, you know, they're very naggy. They lie about a lot of things. All they do is poach, and, you know, you can't trust them. And, and you know, it's just bad rap. And I was proud to be a turkey hunter, and I felt like there was no way to represent, you know, that the folks who are proud to be a turkey hunter. And I guess it's just one of those cliches that ain't what it used to be, I guess, because that made you know hunger up. You're, if you were a good turkey hunter, you were, you know, that was kind of way cooler than being good at catching, you know, bluegill. Yep. or you know squirrel hunting i mean you know it, it was a feat to be you know proud of being you know pretty uh experienced woodsman and uh, you know it it's come to you know folks were just killing them out windows of the trucks to say they kill turkeys and just diluting the, the name of turkey hunter and i wanted to make sure that it was something um at least put up a hurdle that that was going to have to go through before it completely diminished the reputation of turkey hunters and hopefully it it is kind of uh, uh thrown some uh throw some water on that fire at least uh for the time being i
0: mean you get a hundred hunters that are doing the right thing and one that's not no one's gonna remember the hundred you know right they're always gonna exactly they always remember the one bad thing or the you know that's an issue we had Uh, i won't go too far down it because it gets political but you know we can't hunt bears here and i always thought that was so crazy and then come to look into it you know, they had opened a season up, uh, very limited, it, you know, it was a certain amount of bears, you know, a couple thousand, something like that. Um, they opened it up for two days. The limit got hit within the first day. And, uh, there was a non-flattering photo that was taken of a bunch of bear, you know, laid out. Um, you know, mm-hmm. the wrong people got their hands on it. You know, some hunters didn't do the most tasteful, polished, professional things in these photos. And, uh, you know, now it's affected us to the point of, um, you know, we don't have a season. And I literally was like, oh, that can't be the only reason. And it was just the the straw that broke the camel's back kind of thing that, you know, it, yeah. just, it was, it was, there was so much that, you know, uh, people don't realize with bureaucrats and, and politics and stuff uh there, there I heard this expression a long time ago and it's something I live by. Their favorite answer is to say no, because with no, nothing bad happens you know uh it's it's right in their in their eyes you know everything's on the up and up nothing can happen when you say no but when you say yes you open up the doors to to all these i don't want to say issues because that's not the correct word but you open yourself to all these other things that can happen and um you know it, it like you said a reputation it takes one person driving through a field on a back road shooting a turkey out the vehicle to someone saying them dang turkey hunters it's spring again and, and mm-hmm. they, don't, they don't look at the guy that's you know putting money towards conservation or they don't look at the organization that's releasing turkeys on on private land for farms that may not be hunted and um
1: you know, yeah and that's i mean just mentioning the brand side of things you kind of mentioned the, the, the distasteful you know photos and stuff like that I you know i want to be clear there's a lot of things we could do to make the brand much bigger than it is. I mean, we could probably be twice the size we wanted to be if we had taken different routes and kind of, you know, not set our own you know, limits on what we were going to do marketing wise and how we were going to go about mean, we could get the proper exposure um, through routes that I don't feel would be the most marketable for the Turkish community as much as they would market the brand. I mean, I'm not a big believer in any publicity is good publicity um, because I, I take the actual, turkey hunter community as the brand more than you know a logo so um anything that we do I want to make sure it represents turkey hunters in the best interest way more than it represents a brand and then the brand is the byproduct of that it'll it'll coattail you know that reputation the whole way through it's not gonna you know do anything nothing's going to you know make me decide differently for the sake of you know growing a business that you know is growing just fine right now, and um you know I'm able to handle it and you know' it's, rocking and rolling at a speed that I think is a little faster than a lot of folks thought, including myself. But at the same time, I'm, I'm pumped that it's taking the, the pace that it is that, uh, that we're able to learn as we go.
0: Well, you guys are doing a great job, man, because I'll be honest with you. I, uh, when I first saw the brand and started talking to Grant and, you know, I, I did, I haven't always worked for service side. I was a member uh, for a while, but, um, I, Immediately knew like what the brand stood for after just a few seconds of going through the site, after looking at your Instagram, after um, you know hearing a podcast. So, you're definitely your brand awareness definitely sounds like it's on track with what it sounds like you want it to be. Um, You know, the reputation it has when I see someone wearing something that's Spring Legion, I immediately think, oh man, that's this guy probably. I know it is is weird. I'm just I'm an honest person. I'm like, man, this guy he must be a hardcore turkey hunter, like <laughs> you know. So yeah. it's it's definitely getting well, out there for sure.
1: I I appreciate that, and that's you know feedback is you know the most beneficial piece of data we get. So I, I definitely appreciate that. That's exactly what we want it to be.
0: Well, you're attracting the right people. I mean, I'm I'm yet to see something that was distasteful with the Spring Legion logo on it. You know, so. You know, that's good. It's Those are the small wins that we love to see. It's, you know, I, yeah. that's what I like. Someone's affiliated with the program or, or repping you or sharing your post or anything, but I see them, how they're conducting themselves, and I'm like, oh, you know, nice. You know, that's what Service Side prides itself on. You know, we've, uh, Grant had mentioned, you know, like with hunters bashing each other and I was a service side member for over three years. I've worked here for a couple of years. I'm yet to see one person on the socials bash someone on the service side page. Um, because it's right. one of those things where it's like, you know, what's going to happen when you do that, you will lose. I mean, we have a zero tolerance policy, so there's no perspective or anything. And we try not to be big brother and censor you and stuff, but there's a difference between cutting up with someone and cutting someone in half. And, um, you know that's that's one thing we've always prided ourselves on. So when I see other brands like you uh, doing that, you know, not just you know, honestly, not just trying to make money off of hunters, they're actually contributing to conservation. They're trying to change an image. Um, they're trying to show you that turkey hunting's way more about just killing a turkey. Um, you know, it's, right. it's a lot more to it: culture, family, conservation um all that laws like you mentioned all the laws which you got me itching to look up my laws now just to make sure that i'm not going to get blindsided i know you said yeah well, i want to be on the same team but you also can't be oblivious to what's going on
1: Um, it's a it's a process you gotta you gotta take the good the bad and, and the long route and the short route and every which way you can you know twist and turn it there's there's a new something to be done and something to listen to. And there's always knowledge to be gained in, in anything turkey hunting to me, which is what makes it beautiful to me. So that's, that's probably why I'm so attracted to it. I feel like it's just, you'll never know all of it. You'll never be the best turkey hunter. There's always someone better and there's always a turkey better than the best turkey hunter. Yeah, so always. um, there's, there's no pinnacle. You're always, it's a, it's a process. It's, you're active the whole, your whole life really, you know, you'll, You'll die with a turkey that was smarter than you. Still walking on this earth, that's a fact. Um, never seen a good turkey that's, hunter that's say they
0: were the best hunter. So you know it's right. <laughs> exactly. to see. Uh, um, uh, they're the ones that have the beards hanging up in the garage, and if you never open the garage, you might not even know. You know
1: exactly. Because it's just uh, it's a, it's a, you know, a paradigm that you got to have about it, and, and the ones that get it, you, you can tell pretty quick. That's the ones that that have been there and done that, and even though they might have killed twice as many as you've ever seen. They've probably been humbled by twice as many as that. So, um, and it comes down to they've been in the spring Boys about 10 times more than you have. So, um, and that's why they're good at it. For sure. So,
0: Hunter, we're wrapping up on about an hour. or We're touching on about an hour here. We're actually a little over an hour. I definitely want to respect your time here. I know we could all talk turkey all day. But um, last question I kind of had for you here was, uh, me and Grant had, was um, what's kind of the fu- – you did touch on this a little bit. So if you need to elaborate any more, please do. But what's this uh, future kind of look like for Spring Legion? And um, is there um, – uh, do you plan on doing uh, – you have a new book coming out too, right? Or you're, or you're working on a new book?
1: working on it as in i've written like a couple chapter names down so um, that's about as far as i've gotten it's been pretty busy um i usually the last book i wrote in two weeks i'm going to try to do a better than that this year um when i I do want to write a second book um as a dedication to uh my son who was born in march unfortunately passed away also in march uh after six days so i wanted to uh do something um, in memoriam for him. And uh, also I have a beautiful little daughter here, a set of twins, and um, something that she can kind of look back on and and know that was uh, written in dedication to uh, her brother. So um, that's a little bit of a motivation for for writing the book. Um, So I want to make sure it's a good one and not try to cram it in two weeks like I did Ballad of a Turkey Owner. Because the editing process is a whole lot more than two weeks. I found that out the hard way after I wrote it and thought it was good to go. But, um, uh, on the bright side, I know how to like format a book now. Back then I was taking, you know, freaking, uh, old pro or something and measuring the margins saying, all right, how can I, how many spaces do I have to click here to make this page look, you know, like a book page and where do you put real, you know, uh, you know, commas and stuff like that, which there's all kinds of grammatical errors still in battle of turkey hunter. Um, but, uh, I want to go ahead and start jotting some stuff down here soon. Uh, just kind of, you got to, Uh, you write stuff you got to wait you're on its pace you're on the words pace so when when it starts flowing it's good um but until then if you try to force it it don't work it ain't gonna happen uh rider's block is a real thing and um once uh once spring legion's on it'll never be on cruise control but uh i think we're kind of getting you know re getting our feet back under us from the spring the spring is always so hectic um even i know it's july but at the same time i think there's a bunch of restocking going on a bunch of planning going on and once that's out of the way um i'll sit down and start typing again and, and uh, kind of one of those things having no plan for it it's just going to bank on it coming to you
0: yeah man that i mean that's really all you can do you know and, and that's great and you know i i understand the feeling of uh, doing something as it comes. I mean, with videos, I don't do much with with hunting content. But when it starts flowing and the juices start flowing and the feelings start yeah. making a little sense at that moment, and you're able to transition it into something, um those are always the best. So yeah, definitely don't rush it, man. And and do your thing. And definitely our con- deepest condolences. You know, I just had a little boy and. I definitely couldn't imagine. I won't go too much into it, but I love that you're dedicating this to them. And I love that your daughter's going to get to see it. And I, that's just, it's it's great, man. And I'm sure it's going to be a, a, a masterpiece. And I'm really excited to to see it when it does come out.
1: Man, yeah. Well, I definitely appreciate it, buddy.
0: Well, Grant, that is all I had. Grant, do you have anything um, that you'd like to, uh, for us to touch um, on real quick?
1: No, I think we've covered everything.
0: What about you, Hunter? Did you do you feel like uh, we need to touch on anything else here or you wanna call this bad boy a I've,
1: I've had a blast, fellas. Um if y'all need any more info, y'all just check us out at springlegion.com and all of our social medias from Instagram to TikTok to Facebook, everything like that is also Spring Legion. So uh uh give us a follow, check us out if you like us, if you don't and, well don't um, you know, good dry like that
0: <laughs> yeah well, well definitely uh, I'm glad you brought that up because that's always how I end with this is how can we reach you but yeah springlegion.com everyone Hunter Ferrier. Um, you know, this episode is pretty much on conservation, but if you feel like there's anything that you want Hunter to go into more depth on, or you'd like us to reach out to Grant to, to touch up with Hunter with, um, you know, definitely let us know in the comment section here. We'll make sure everything's in the show notes for everyone to be able to find the site and, and things like that. So, uh, you, you might get a few more orders and I'm sure <laughs> after we put this out, Um uh, so get that, get them calluses, uh, taped up there and, yeah. and blisters, put some ointment on them because... <laughs> uh we're coming into hunting That's season a good you, to so. have. all right well hunter i really yeah. appreciate it grant i appreciate you um and uh we'll definitely see you guys on the next one
1: awesome thank y'all for having me fellas.
0: all right y'all are listening to whitetail theories podcast